legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. Iron Mag Labs. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, a.k.a. the African Bullfrog, with my host, Matt Wyke. What's up, Matt? What's going on, Jeff? Fucking it's, it's been an interesting night to Not say the to least. Not to start off negative, but <laughs> I've been on the fucking phone and shit with the Skype technician for the last what the last hour or more. They resolved the issue. Thank you. Maria, whatever the hell your name was from Skype, it, it, yeah, but yeah, that's how this this show got started. So we, it's right now nine forty eight p.m. Yeah. We tried to record at exactly seven thirty. Yep. Dude, holy shit! I I can't like now that I say that it's actually longer than I thought it was. Over two hours, two hours and eighteen minutes to get this shit rolling. So I literally had to take two bathroom breaks. And get a fucking snack before we, before we started this. You know, I haven't taken a bathroom. Well, maybe I have. I think I have. Like, one. Oh, I was going to say, I, I mean. Way too much water. But, yeah, like, that's crazy. That's that's what we do for you guys. We grind <laughs> out these technical issues for two and a half hours, and then uh, we, we, we plow through, so. I'll be honest. I was about five seconds from giving up and saying, let's just try this tomorrow. Yeah, it was it was right about there. We figured Skype was just effed up, and the lady said I had some. There was some sort of version of Skype wasn't didn't wasn't compatible for, with something part of the equipment we were using. I don't really know. That's it's all mumbo jumbo to me. But uh, we're fixed. The, the the important thing is we're back on the air. We are fixed. Episode number sixty four. Um, we originally planned to have a guest on this show, but we won't say who it is. Per usual. We don't have a guest on the show because he did not answer me. I mean, in his defense, we did we made we made plans for the eleventh probably ten days ago. And uh from experience that never works. You can't make plans with a I'll give out a little bit of info with a pro athlete ten days in advance. Like that generally doesn't happen. It has to be you also can't do it like the same day either. It has to be like one or two days advance. That's that's the that's the dates that usually work. If you give them a week and a half, it's usually like by the time – because they usually take two or three days to respond to you. So if you give them ten days and you hit them up at two days before, it's like you're kind of screwed. So that's kind of what happened with this one. Like late last night I text him and I was like, yo, you are you are you good to record tomorrow? And I haven't heard from him. And I'm not going to badger him. I'm not going to message him ten times. So it's cool though. We'll get him on. He, he was um, – Ready to get to get on. Then on the 18th, which will be show 65, 
we do have another guest um, who is not a pro athlete. I don't think uh, we're gonna have him on, and um, super excited about that guest. Uh, people, stay tuned. Some uh, bodybuilding royalty coming on here, but uh, this week you have to suffer through Matt and I and our uh, negative douchebaggery. And um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we have uh, Bonac wins the Nordic Pro. No huge surprise there. Um, there's one new guy that popped up. We can talk about that guy's good. Kind of like. Kind of like Dennis Wolf. Um, remind me about Dennis Wolf. I want to touch on his new video he has out. Have oh, you seen I didn't that? see that. No, I didn't. Very good, man. Like, very good. It was called um, Iron Fire Lost Gains. It's about an hmm. hour long, and it's. I mean, it's very good. It's oh, not. Oh, he's been working on that for a while. I thought it was just like yeah. a quick video that you, you were talking tell. about that he put up on social media it's, or something. It's more. It's as professional as Generation Iron. I mean, it looks that good. It's better than Generation Iron. I mean, and how long is it? It's about an hour, fifty-five minutes. I mean, it's wow. handily better than Generation Iron. I mean, I'm not a Dennis Wolf fan, but I kind of am now. And it's just, a, and it was, it's super motivating, and um, just the way they sync the music to the video, and they, they, um, they interview. It's video of Dennis like thin. <clears throat> in the beginnings of his comeback uh, after this bad injury he had to his neck or spine or whatever. It, yeah. And the surgery and um, in between clips of him recovering, essentially they have um, Marcus rule speaking about it. It's subtitles, wow. which kind of sucks, but it's, it's really the whole thing or just, no, no, Marcus's no, no, no. just Marcus's subtitles. And it's That's not, right. it's not hard to read. I mean, it's just, it's not bad. That's all I can say. It, I where, usually, where is this posted? You can go right on YouTube, Iron Fire Lost Gains. And um, they also have Jay Cutler because the reason it, the reason reason being is because uh, Marcus Rule tore his quad. So he's giving insight into coming back from an injury and, uh, and, and how it pertains to Dennis's injury. And then Jay Cutler's doing the same thing with his uh, bicep injury when he tore it from his shoulder. So, um, it was just really good. I thought I was impressed. I was very impressed with, uh, I, I just think the main thing I thought when I was watching it was, man, this is the most brilliant move I've ever seen a bodybuilder do like to, to take such a horrible thing and turn it into such a positive, awesome video for yourself, not saying the video is positive, like it's pretty, it's kind of sad in a way because Dennis is really upset in it and shit, but it's uplifting and, and and stuff at the end anyways, but to that, it's just so brilliant. I mean, they, a lot of these guys kind of track their comebacks, like Jay did it with Dave Berlay following him around, but it's not on that level. I mean, this is like a high production value, very good video of Dennis Wolf and his little return thing, and it's like, Put it this way, I watched it once today. I'll watch it several more times. Uh uh for sure. Like it's just um it's just great. Um Dennis is very open. You swear he's gonna cry at times. I mean, you swear, like he's very like emotional. He says exactly how he feels and stuff. And um it's great. It really is. It's it's a great, great um show. Everyone should go out there and watch it. I don't even I don't remember who makes it. That's obviously doing them a disjustice, but I don't, I don't, 
It was nothing I really... It's probably some German company or something, but, man, it's good. Well, I saw uh, a video. I think I think Aceto did it with Dennis at one of the shows overseas. I can't remember which one it was, but he was standing at the booth, and, and they were going back and forth. And, you know, obviously, he speaks... Dennis speaks English, but, you know, he has that accent. And and I just remember listening to him and, and the way that he spoke about things and his road to recovery. And I think he might have talked about the video actually in that interview. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Aceto is the one who, who did the interview with him. It was probably for RX. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I just, I just remember, you know, Aceto asked him a whole bunch of questions that you were expecting him to be negative about. And, and he totally twisted it as if, you know, there was, you know, no negativity whatsoever. You know, it's a, you know, he's working through things and, and all of that. And I, it was just a, a really cool interview. And I think that kind of, you know, started things for me. I mean, I was, like you just said, I was never really a big Dennis fan. Um, you know, I would always root for him, you know, just because I, I thought that he has a great physique. But uh, but I think, you know, that interview was kind of the starting point for me trying to get more interested into Dennis and his background. And, and so with this video or, or, or a little movie, so to speak, coming out, I, I definitely want to watch that. I wrote that down just to, to give that a search on YouTube. Yeah, everyone should check it out. It's great. And um, speaking of Chris interviewing Dennis Wolf, that was props to Chris Aceto because that was the best Dennis Wolf interview ever done in his entire career. If there's a better interview with Dennis Wolf than that one, I haven't seen it yet. So because Dennis Wolf interviews are notoriously terrible. Because he doesn't really speak – there's two things. One, he's not really a guy who likes to talk a lot, like talk about details or talk smack or get upset. He's kind of like uh, – he's really laid back, you know. He's actually a laid back, goofy dude, if, I think, if you get to know him. So he seems. Um, so you have that effect. Then you also have the fact that he doesn't speak great English. So the, the interviews. Not only is he reserved, but he doesn't speak good English. So the interviews are just very, very boring. That one was not. I thought that was a great interview. Yeah. Um, you check that out over, at, I guess, anywhere, RX Muscle, RX Muscle YouTube or on their site somewhere. But, um, but yeah, that was really cool. Why did I start talking about Dennis Wolf? I don't even remember. I'm not sure. I think you were just bringing up uh, that you were watching his movie. Huh. I wonder why. I don't remember why. I don't know. It's late. It is. Brain's I, not I, functioning. I, I, I talking to fucking... It's going to be an interesting show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been talking to what's her name for so long? Lara. Lara. Oh, yeah. The, I, probably, the, I probably would have started drinking. The Skype tech who told me to wear a smile all the time. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. You, st- you should have just been like, how did you know I was just wearing a smile? How did you know that's all I was wearing tonight, ma'am? she did listen to matt and i banter back and forth a little bit about stuff she probably had no idea we're like so yeah i guess uh dexter and uh phil are they uh got pulled away by ultimate and then she's probably like what the fuck are they talking about (laughs) and uh my background is actually nasser awesome body so that probably threw her for a loop too (laughs) she's probably like what the fuck this guy is a weird bastard but i guess i kind of am now that I look at it from a normal person's <laughs> perspective. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bonak wins the 
Nordic Pro. Uh, the dude who placed was he second or third? The guy that was really good. Um, not that Bonac wasn't really good. He was pretty much. I mean, he was Bonac. He he pretty much just walked into that and collected a check. I'll say this about Bonac, man. He's the only guy. I think he's the only guy. Maybe not. He's the only guy in the in the top who has done every show. This entire yeah. uh, whatever you want to call it, this entire um, Euro tour, like right. He he's done all of them. So he, he and he's consistent, to, which yeah, is he, exactly. amazing. You have to give him props for that. I mean, no matter what you think about him, where he places or if he should place there or whatever, he's like. That's not something many guys can do. Um, we saw Roden fade. Rami was pretty decent, but he didn't compete here. Even uh, Dexter was up and down. Yep, yep. But but Bonac, I mean, I'll tell you what, and I know you and I talked about it offline, and we were texting back and forth. 2017, Bonac's going to be, you know, definitely turning heads. I mean, just the way that he finished off, you know, 2016, you know, thus far, Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, if he can stay that consistent and in the offseason bring up, you know, whatever lagging parts that he feels that he needs to work on. I, I mean, literally, it's like we said last uh, last episode. He's literally like a smaller Kai Green. Yeah, he's very, very similar to Kai Green. So, I mean, if he can just, you know, add a little bit more mass, you know, front to the back, um, tighten things up a little bit more. Holy smokes. 2017, he's going to be winning a lot of shows. Absolutely. And, I mean, I would say the same thing about this Peter Clancier. That's his name. Or Pitar, I guess. P-E-T-A-R. Guy is very good. I mean, he he looks like... How does he look like? I guess he does have a Dennis Wolf physique. But a little bit more... Uh, he's like got a, a similar frame to Dennis Wolf. Mm-hmm. And he's got that long torso. Which is good good for the midsection. It's easy to keep a, a tight midsection when your torso is long, obviously. But uh, he has better muscle than, than Dennis Wolf, meaning like his muscle is a little rounder. And uh, I guess maybe the insertions are a little bit better and stuff like that than Dennis Wolf. So this guy is a potential superstar, no doubt about it. Um, that long torso and... Tight waist. He's got big, huge quads. Very round muscle. I mean, the most muscular. He does like the Michael Lockett most muscular, like a hands clasp. It's flawless looking. I mean, his his pecs are real big and full. He's got the traps. Not too big, but big enough. Huge, wide delts, arms. He's got it all. I mean, he looks very, very good. He got beat by Lucas Osladil, uh, who outconditioned him. He outconditioned anybody but I don't know I, I, I probably would have had this guy second to be honest with you yeah I, I see what you're saying there I mean obviously Lucas you know he, his conditioning is great but I mean it, it's hard to match his his look I mean like you said he, he's literally like a Dennis Wolf's type of physique you know he, he, his torso is, is naturally small but like you said because he has that elongated torso that that definitely helps. He's literally Dennis Wolf, only on a different frame. Um, I think he's going to do well next year, also, as long as. Um, I mean, I, I can't remember. 
the the name is like I don't remember his name. I can't even think if he even competed in anything else this year. He competed in one of these Euro shows. I'm almost positive. I mean, he didn't place extremely well, though, did no, he? No, 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 not at all. He placed like bad, like I was, I was going to say, like I vaguely remember the name, but I couldn't picture any of the shows that he was in. So I was kind of like, eh, maybe he didn't. Yeah, he he competed like a couple weeks ago, and. Uh... I mean, I would say did not get his just due. He was kind of snubbed, but he got looks here. And uh, I think that if he had placed second, nobody but uh, um, Osladil and his family members would be upset. You know, I don't think anyone would would uh, would argue with that. I thought he was really, really good. And uh, it's always good to see that because you always want, you know, fresh blood coming into the coming into the game and seeing uh, who's going to be there. And uh, on that note, it's a good segue into our, our other topic. Uh, I don't want to call it our second topic as if we have some sort of schedule today. <laughs> but um, uh, we wanted to talk about, since the season is essentially over now, we get the Olympia Europe and a couple of other shows, but we want to talk about who we're looking out for in 2017 real quick. We'll probably do this again at like, the very end of the year, which there might be more stories then. Yeah, but um, it's interesting because I think this guy, Peter, has catapulted him into that discussion. I don't think you can – I really can't justify not putting him in that discussion for guys I'm really looking out for in the uh, in the future. Or, or actually, not even in the future, in 2017. Uh, this guy is definitely could be a year away from greatness, but he's a guy – I'm looking out for definitely uh, Cody Montgomery. I I really want to see. I want to see what happens with him. I want to see like I'm really interested to see what direction he goes in. If he can, uh, if if he's able to get big enough. I mean, it's it's gonna be one or two things. It's gonna be he can't put on enough size. He he's still too small, or it's gonna be he puts on size and it ruins his look. Kind of like a Justin Compton. I think people assumed that Justin Compton could gain 20 pounds of muscle and beat everybody. That didn't happen. He gained 20 pounds of muscle and now he's good, but he can't crack the top three at the Arnold. You know, right. because those 20 pounds on his body, for whatever reason, didn't really work like we all thought it would. And uh, we need to see that now with Cody Montgomery. Is the size he needs because he needs way more size. It's, that's 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 just the way it is in the pros. And uh, is that size going to make him that much better, like we all hope, or is that size going to make him just a little bit better, and he's going to be struggling for top five finishes in, in uh, any legitimate show? You know, that's that's something that we're looking for too. And um, I mean, personal one, I want to see Dominic Cardone. He had a lot of family problems. Their, their house burnt down. He lost his mom. All kinds of shit went wrong with him this year. Um, and obviously he made his pro debut, did not do good. But, I mean, come on. You can't be – you can't step on a professional bodybuilding stage with that shit going on, you know, and expect to do well. The, the fact that the dude got on stage is unbelievable. He should get his own trophy just for that. But I, uh, I've seen this kid in person. I've seen him compete and like – He's he has all the potential in the world. He's like a Lee Priest. He really reminds me of Lee Priest with um not his good arms, but he's got short legs, huge legs, 
long torso, tiny waist. He's built like Lee Priest, but he's two inches taller. You know, he's a uh, just not not quite the arms of Lee Priest. No one has the arms of Lee Priest, but not quite the the. He doesn't have those types of arm genetics, but he does remind me of a young Lee Priest. That's, That's crazy um, to think about. I mean, if you look at Lee Priest, and and I think we even mentioned this in in a few past shows. If you add a few inches to his frame and just elongate his torso a little bit, ooh, crazy. Yeah, you know what he's like? He's like, you want to talk about him in the 212? Lee Priest at his best basically has David Henry's upper body and Flex Lewis's lower body. Yeah, you're right. I now mean, think about it, look yeah. at it. Especially from the front, The the you know the... The hands clasp most muscular like David Henry does, and everyone's mind's blown for, mm-hmm. for good reason. Lee had the same shot the same way. He would crunch into that. You'd be like, what the fuck is that? You know? But one listener likes when I say, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, did you see that that uh, comment back in the – it was like a couple of weeks ago. Some guy said, you, I, you should say what the fuck more in your podcast. It cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I just I know I just did one that made me think of that. But, uh, yeah, I think they don't, I mean, he doesn't, Lee Priest did not have David Henry's back though. That that's Lee Priest did not have as good of a back as David Henry, but Lee had a great back. He had better delts and arms in the back shots by far, but didn't have the same back as David Henry, the lower back, upper back that goes to David Henry. But, uh, Lee does have legs like Flex Lewis, probably bigger uh, in relation to his frame, Lee had huge legs, and uh, he doesn't have the glutes of 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 uh, Flex Lewis, obviously. But you know that was just how it was back then. Not everyone had wicked shredded glutes; it wasn't necessary. So you know, no, just, that wasn't even something that wasn't even of. part of a conversation back in the day. I mean, look at look at Arnold. Arnold never had shredded glutes. Ever. Yeah, but yeah, even even in the early '90s, it was like. It wasn't like it is today. Like some guys had shredded glutes and that helped them, but it wasn't like it's like the vacuum is today. If you hit a vacuum on stage, it helps you, but it doesn't it's not a game changer. It's just one of those kind of cool things that you can do. That's right. how glutes were back in the 90s. Like you could having shredded glutes helped you obviously, but it wasn't like the focal point of the whole fucking show like it is now. So I think if Lee were to compete today, he would just adapt to that and get a little bit a little bit harder, you know. But plus, you have to make that weight. He might do it just by having to make that weight. But um, yeah, I think those are those are two guys that pop into my head. Uh, this new guy, Pitar, um, Cody Montgomery, obviously, and uh, Dominic Cardone. I'm definitely looking out for. Obviously, you got Sergio Junior. Um, yeah. I don't have a ton of faith in Sergio Jr. He, I don't know. I don't want to talk out my ass because I don't know him, but I get kind of a too laid back vibe from him. Like he's not really that serious about it, which I could be completely wrong. And no, anyone, you know what? I'll I'll back you on that one. Anyone because who, anyone who knows him will probably say, "No, you're wrong. He's really dedicated." But I'm talking about. I'm not insulting him. I'm talking about like there's a difference between like being really dedicated and being like I'm going to be t- uh, the best in the world at something dedicated. It's like I'm talking about like Dorian Yates, Jay Cutler dedication. I totally don't see that in him. 
Of course he has great dedication. Like, I'm not on here saying he's not dedicated. Like, look at him. He's dedicated, of course. But I'm talking about that really next-level dedication where it's everything to you and you're regimented every day and this, that, and the other thing. I don't see that with uh, with Sergio so much. It almost seems like in the offseason he gets a little lazy. Um, we both saw him on stage guest posing with, with a whole bunch of other pros and and I I didn't even recognize him and if you remember I was like who's who the hell was that guy in that video that looked like he stepped up on stage from like the crowd like he didn't even belong there he was like some fat guy that looks like he never lifted in his life and you're like oh yeah that's Oliva Jr. I'm like oh shit you're right so I think the offseason he gets a little lazy Um, I, I don't remember ever seeing a pro look like that in the off season. Um, you know, not that they stay conditioned, but Sergio looked really bad um, when he was guest posing to the point where I almost kind of felt bad that he was up with everybody else and, and just didn't fit in. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what he brings to the stage next year, what he does in the off season. I mean, obviously he's still working with, uh, you know, Labrada and, and Hunter and, and, you know, all those guys now that he's part of the Labrada nutrition team. Hunter Labrada is nasty, too. That kid's good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's somebody who can come up, you know, get his pro card and, you know, potentially do well. Yep. I mean, he and his dad look look pretty similar. Um, I mean, I think he's, you know, that, that Hunter is missing a few key aspects to his physique that his dad had. Um, obviously, size is one. Uh, he definitely needs to put on some more size, in my opinion. But, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of other people. Bigger frame, that... though, than his dad. Yeah, yeah. So, I He's mean, got, it's... I think he has more. Honestly, I think he has better genetics than his dad did. I think Lee was just a complete. He had that dedication that I'm saying that Sergio, I don't think, has. But I think his son is is he looks more gifted. I don't know if that's true. He looks more gifted than Lee though. He seems wider, a bigger frame and stuff, you know. Like you said he he still has to fill it out definitely, but Yeah, he has the ability, obviously. Yeah. The, the frame that he has, he has the ability to add the mass. It's not like, you know, some other competitors where we're like, ah, you know, that he's he's just got a small frame, like you can't do a lot. Like he's not going to be able to put on a ton of mass uh or even have it look right if he tried. So, you know, but with, with Hunter, it's, it's there. Um, you know, he, he is gifted to an extent. So if he can just add some more size, I think he would, you know, do extremely well. And that, that pro card will probably come sooner rather than later. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see some of the other guys that, that we talked about, you know, fairly regularly. I mean, look at, look at what Rami's done this year. So what is he going to do in the off season? What is he going to bring in 2017? Look at Nathan De La Asha. Uh, in our uh, Nathan Dayasha. I mean, he went over to Kuwait. He came back looking like a completely different competitor. I mean, there's there's just so many guys that are out there that you know what's going to happen. Have... Nathan Dayasha is a prediction right here on Central Bodybuilding. Nathan Dayasha is going to be the next Ruli Winkler. You watch. He's going to get. I think Nathan Dayasha is going to get an enormous, and he's gonna it's going to ruin his physique a little bit, but also make him a complete freak. I think we're going to see – I don't know why. I just have this feeling. We're going to see the same thing that happened with – he's going to go in the gym after getting, like, shat on at the Olympia, which he shouldn't have, and just go ruly on us. I really think that's what, what's going to happen. We're going to see a mutant freak show out of him. 
I hope it doesn't happen. Um, I mean, I like his physique. I think he's got a lot of mass to to a tiny waist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think if he can just keep perfecting his look and and his conditioning, that you know, 2017 he could have a breakout year and and place top five, top three in mm-hmm. in a lot of the shows. It, and, and again, it depends who all is going to be there. I mean, if you have um, you know, Rami and Dexter, and if Kai competes next year on stage, you know, obviously Nathan's not going to place that well against those guys. But I mean, he's going to be able to hold his own. But if he pulls a, a Winkler and and starts, you know, having issues with the gut and and putting on too much size that it looks weird, I'm not too sure that's going to place very well next year. I agree with you 100. percent I think. Um... I just feel like he, I uh, just looking at his physique, he, he reminds me of a young Ruley kind of. It's like a, it's almost as if I feel like I can see his ability to just get huge if he wanted to, and uh, maybe he won't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll just hone his physique and get a little bit bigger and do, do what he has to do to be great. But I just have this feeling that he's going to just explode. <clears throat> but. Um, who else? Do you, who else do you got your eye on besides? Uh, you mentioned Nathan Dasha. You know what? I wanna I wanna see what Kevin brings. Obviously, I think all oh, yeah, of us of do. You know, we got that sneak peek at the at the Olympia. Some some were kind of disappointed. Some were like, okay, he didn't look that bad. Regardless, it's still a cool story. He's gonna keep you know competing, which you know I think is awesome. Um, you know his his knee problem is seems to be getting better. Um, so, you know, like we said last show, if, if he can get under that squat rack, build the legs back up, his upper body look great. I mean, if he continues filling out in the off season with his upper body, holy smokes. I mean, you know, obviously he grows into a show, but you know, what can you do in the off season to, to kind of put on some of the size that, you know, atrophied, so to, so to speak uh-huh. when, when he wasn't competing all those years, uh, to get that back and, and get some, you know, maturity back into the muscle, who knows what he's going to be able to do, but you know it's it, it's the same story. I mean, Rami in the in the span of one year, look at his how his physique has transformed with the Cedo. and you know obviously he he went over to Kuwait and he was working out over there. Uh, Cedo was doing his nutrition and stuff, so I think that that combo worked extremely well considering Cedo really didn't know how to dial him in, um, you know, just because of he didn't have a lot of experience going into a show so i think he nailed it you know when when rami did step on stage and this offseason they're going to figure it out a little bit more uh i mean there's there's just a whole bunch of people out there i mean you have akeem williams um there's there's guys like brian yersky who you don't know what he's going to do in the offseason to to bring to 2017 mm-hmm. i mean there's there's just a, a bunch of people that that we can name McCarver. i mean it's yeah, I mean, what's what's Dallas going to do? I mean, obviously he had um, uh, kind of lackluster showing at at the Olympia, but I mean that that could do just to be do just to the you know the the talent that was up on stage. I mean, yeah, in I think, I in think, a few shows he looked great. I think we were a little harsh on Dallas's like reflecting back. I think we were a little harsh on Dallas's look. I mean, I personally think if he was. Ten percent drier, namely in the in the abdomen. You could have made a case for him as high as like up where Bonac was. Like he was, 
I, I think um, he did place like eighth, you know, and he's like 25 years old. So it's kind of hard to say anything negative about a guy who's 25 and placed eighth at the Olympia, you know. So I, I do anything like maybe mildly negative I may have said, I kind of revoke because what can you really – I mean, he's a, he's a kid, you know what I mean? He really is like a kid. So um, I think he has – still has a lot of potential. The only issue I see with him is he doesn't have the smallest waist in the world in some of his poses – and he needs uh, a little bit more size to fill out that gigantic frame, so it, it it's going to be a, a kind of a battle to do to to control that waist while he gains the muscle that he needs. But I don't know. I think he can do it, and I think he's so huge and imposing that he can be a, a threat at the top for sure. Uh, Dennis Wolf, obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to sure. see, especially after this video. I want to see if he can come back and. And uh, get his get his life together, or get his life together, get his physique. His life is together, unlike a lot of bodybuilders. Get his uh, physique together, ba- back together, and just uh, you know what's crazy in this video. The, one of the coolest things about it is nobody does this. He's flexing in the mirror, or he's not flexing. He he shows himself in the mirror, like brushing his teeth and shit. Is like at his smallest point, maybe not his smallest point, but he'd been in the gym like a couple weeks. He's probably like. He's like um, classic physique size, literally. But he looks he looks good. He looks. I mean, I would die for the physique. He, he, you know what I mean? Like, he looks insane. But he's way, 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 way down in size, and he doesn't. It, it, it's on the video. They show him in the mirror, even posing and stuff, looking like <clears throat> very small. It kind of reminded me of that that clip on Generation Iron where that dumb clip where Victor goes to Steve and he poses and he looks like shit (laughs) and he's like, am I going to be ready? And Steve has to pretend like he's, Hmm, let's see. It's like, come on now. No, you're not even close. Like go back to that. Go back to the Ruli segment and compare those two. Uh, Come on now. But yeah, I think that was really cool. So, uh, hopefully he can come back and do damage next year. And, uh, (laughs) you know, obviously this, the, the young guys are very exciting I think a lot of these guys, honestly, I predicted that this would be maybe like a, a – some of the older guys would start falling this year and, and then uh, the newer guys would start coming up. And it didn't really happen this year. <clears throat> I think signs of it happened this year with Rami beating Sean, um, with Branch not being there, Kai's not there. There was there was some signs of it of the the tide changing. Phil Heath's not going anywhere, but I, I hate to say like talk talk negatively about people's like how long their career is going to last or whatever. But I don't know, man. I don't know if Sean Roden has it in him. I don't know if Sean Roden he plays second, then they put him in all these weird placings on the European Tour. He's fourth every show after he's second. mentally spent. Yeah, I don't know. They, those he, judges he, mind fucked him so hard that yeah, but I don't, I don't know can, what he's gonna do in the offseason. I don't think you can mind fuck Sean Roden. I I, well, I don't think I don't think Sean knows his place in on on the stage anymore because he went from literally being number two and looking amazing and always testing to to take that top spot, and then this year. You could just see it in his face. Yeah, he was smiling on stage, 
But as soon as that camera moves off and you see him, you know, just kind of walking around, it's not the same guy that we saw last year. You know, last year he was like, let's go. Like, I'm going to take, you know, this this show and nobody's going to stop me. And, you know, he goes into the shows this year with the same mentality. It's not like his mentality has changed, but it's almost like his demeanor. Like, it's it's like he's being mentally just beat up by the judges that he thinks that he deserves to be in that second spot. And, you know, some shows he gets shifted around and moved, and, you know, sometimes he's, you know, barely pushing top five, and, and people are like, you know, what's what's going on with Sean? But you can say the exact same thing about Cedric. I mean, you know, back at the the Arnold, they were going toe-to-toe, and, and obviously, you know, they were thinking Cedric was probably going to win, and, you know, then he starts getting shifted around. So I think... I'm not saying that you can mind fuck Cedric, you know, being that, uh, you know, the the status that he is in the military. I think he would probably kill somebody 27 different ways without them even knowing. Um, but I think even he's kind of questioning, you know, what he needs to do to appeal, you know, to the eyes of the judges. Obviously, he was bringing something that the judges liked at the Arnold. Um, and then sometime between, you know, the Arnold Columbus and, and the Olympia and then obviously the European tour, you know, it, something changed. Like he, he wasn't, you know, the same in the eyes of the judges. And, and that yeah. goes with, with Flexitron as well. I mean, I don't – I'm not so concerned about that, what you just described. I don't disagree, but that doesn't really concern me with Sean. I think uh, what concerns me with Sean is that – what, three years in a row now? I mean, he was third in 2012. So, 13, 14, 15, 16, four years. The only, the only show, the only Olympia of those four since he became a contender that he was, um, I would say he really nailed it, is 14. And he couldn't win in 14 because he wasn't big enough up top. Just... That's how it is, but he was very good. Not only that, but he hasn't really, he's only nailed it really once in those four years, but also he's taken pretty much the whole year off every single year. So like, my thing is you're like 41 years old now. What else is there to do? You've taken the entire year off year after year after year, and you're still not able to really put it together. He plays second this year, which is higher than he's ever placed. Yeah, but it was controversial. He had no shot of beating Phil this year. I mean, he just, it was not close. I don't think anyone really believes it was close, especially not on the scorecard. But um, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to drop out, but I don't see him as a, he, to me, he's like a Dexter Jackson used to be. He's not going to win, but he's not going to be out of the top five. I think he's, whereas before this Olympia, I would not have said this. In fact, leading into the 2016 Olympia, I was talking about Sean being a guy that can beat Phil for sure. Yeah. I, I thought he lo- if he looked like he did in 2015 with a dry waist and a tight waist, he wins. But he didn't, he didn't show that. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, you, you mentioned how he was like fourth and shit in these European tours after being second. That's so strange. Like, think about it this way. Let's go back five years. The 2000, we'll say the 2009 or 2010 Olympia. 
um, Jay Cutler won. Phil Heath was second. Branch third. Dexter fourth. Uh, Wolf fifth. So, like, imagine that year going on the tour and Jay not being there and Phil Heath getting beat by Branch, Dexter, and Dennis, like, several times. Like, it doesn't even... That would never have happened back then. It, that's like a crazy even thing to think about, you know? Or even, it doesn't matter, 09, it was um, Jay then Branch. Imagine them going on a European tour after and Branch losing to Phil, Kai, uh, Wolf, all those guys. Like, that would never happen. Like, you're not going to have a guy play second at the Olympia and then the guy who was third and fourth and fifth beat him at the next shows like that. That never used to happen. It's I like that they're re, they're actually rejudging. That's awesome, but it is kind of strange that that happened to Sean Roden. I feel like it would never happen to any other runner up. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I like Sean's physique. Um, you know, I'm not saying that it's it's a, a you know a Phil Heath killer and you know going to dethrone Phil, but I personally like the physiques where they have the mass, you know, in the lower body. They have the mass in the upper body, but they still have a nice tight waist. And, you know, I keep thinking about, you know, the the old school Dennis Wolf, where he had so much mass, you know, upstairs, and his waist just looks so tiny. Yeah. You know, that's those are the physiques that I personally love to see on stage. Um you know, going back to to Ruley, I'm actually concerned about him in the offseason because I'm worried that he's going to put on so much size that it's literally just going to be like a, a, a cluster of, of muscle bellies and not in a good way. It's just going to be like mass over mass over mass over mass, and, and it's just going to get out of control. I mean, he obviously got bigger from last season going into this season, and his conditioning got better, which was awesome. But I just hope he doesn't overdo it and and try and put on too much, uh, and and just come into 2017 just looking kind of odd, kind of like we spoke about in the beginning of the show, where you know we were talking about some of the 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 athletes that are going to come in and, and just put on so much size and it just looks odd on their frame. I'm just not sure how much more mass early could put on that would still have it look appealing. Yeah, probably none, but I don't... I mean, he's like a bull. Like, those pictures on the internet of, like, those fake bulls that... Uh, or I shouldn't say fake. They're, not they're fake. legit bulls. Belgian blues, that, yeah. That that have, you know, the, you know... the the off genetics and chromosomes and then, you know, all the weird stuff going on. And literally they're just jacked up. Um, that, that reminds me of, of Ruli. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I think a lot of the feedback has been, um, more on the side of he needs to get leaner. And I, I kind of, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to listen to that or not. I feel like Ruli has listened to it in the past and stuff. But I'll say this, man. I don't think he needs to be smaller. I think he just needs to be in better condition because I agree. He, I mean, look at his abs and thigh. He doesn't have a, a thick waist. He has a better waist than Jay had for sure. 
And people say he's really blocky and this and that. I don't really see it. When his when his midsection's controlled, he's not really fucking blocky. I think he. I don't know. I think he's he's uh he's got way better shape than people give him credit for. I don't know. I don't see the I don't see the extreme blockiness that everyone else does. Or the front double, his waist comes right down, it tapers in. You know, I think he looks good. Um, he just doesn't have that level. He's one of these guys where he's not lean enough to where he looks really lean, relaxed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. If he can work on his conditioning and and just bring out more of the separation and the detail, I, I think wow, he, he could do amazing next year. And and again, I I don't think he needs to put on the size, but if he can just focus on, you know, nailing his conditioning, not getting too far out of of his you know, I guess show weight, um, I, I think he can do extremely well. But, you know, right now, obviously he has great detail. I mean, when he does his back shots, when he does his frontmost muscular, I mean, he's he's just a, a brick house. I mean, he's gigantic. Uh, he worked on his midsection. I, his midsection was probably, in my opinion, the, the most improved coming into 2016. And if he can just continue to work on that, and it's, it's a process. I mean, obviously – just to get his his waist down a little bit, so he wasn't looking like you know a nine month pregnant woman, um, you know it was probably no no easy feat. But no, you know he got that under control, and the package that he brought to the stage this year was amazing. Uh, I tip my hat to him. He looked fat, you know, fantastic. So if he can just continue going down that road and continue etching out more detail and and bringing more of that out, he could do extremely well again in two thousand seventeen. I agree. I think um, I think if anything, he's slightly underrated, to be honest with you. I think he's a, a freak. But, um, you know, interestingly enough, we opened the show by talking about how I was on um, with some a Skype support girl, right? And um, I just got a message from this same person on the Skype chat. It said, hi. And uh, this is like... 45 minutes removed from our conversation where everything was solved and we didn't need to speak anymore. <laughs> Did you tell her that you're still wearing your smile? Nah, I, she said, hi, I'm assuming it's her Skype live support. It looks the same. And then, uh, it, it, it it's already been deleted or removed. I tried to respond and it, it says, now it says this message has been removed. So, I don't know. It's oh. kind of a strange because she did say that it was she did she was like very overly nice, but she's playing know. hard to get. I, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I know like is my voice that sexy, or maybe our voices she's, are that sexy? I don't know. She's teasing you, that bitch. But uh, <laughs> any anyhow, I agree with everything you said about Ruli Winkler. What else were we gonna speak on today? Oh, the fact that. Uh, that we we got Dexter and Phil now at Ultimate Nutrition, the top two guys in the world. I mean, arguably, it's it's pretty pretty easy to to make a case for them being one and two in the world. And uh, not only that, but I hadn't really thought of this. What you brought up to me today, they were both in the midst of making their own company, 
Well, not making. They made their own company. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. And and they, I guess you could say as they were doing that, they ended up with Ultimate Nutrition. So I wonder how much, I never really thought of it in this context, but it kind of seems like maybe Ultimate Nutrition is not only going for the best bodybuilders, but they're also eliminating competition at the same time in a way. I mean, obviously it's, it's old news that, that Phil is with ultimate. I think that happened over the summer, like late June, early July. And and don't quote me on those dates, but I'm pretty sure it was maybe in July that, that things were finally, you know, done and finalized. But, uh, you know, it, it does raise that question of, and, and I wrote, an article about this that was published, oh, I think it was late last week on, you know, should competitors start supplement companies? And and we talked about it in, in separate shows where, you know, with, with Muscle Tech, Phil was making $500,000 a year to be a sponsored athlete. And, you know, he left to start Gifted Nutrition and, you know, his his Gifted Athletics or, or whatever his uh, clothing line is. And obviously the clothing line's doing better than the supplement company was. But it, it raises the question, you know, is it a good idea for these guys to start their own company? Obviously Ronnie, you know, he's he's doing okay. You know, he's still rolling. Um, you know, Lee Labrada is still doing his thing. Rich Gaspari is still doing his thing, even though he went from money issues to getting out of bankruptcy to money issues to getting bought out and, and you know, shifting around a few different places. But, uh, you know, it, it can happen, I guess, if you kind of align all the stars. But I, I think a lot of these guys think that their name carries so much weight these days that people are going to believe that, you know, Phil Heath got big and, you know, this was what he took during, you know, his preps and, you know, what he took with all his Olympia wins and, and everything else, including Dexter with Blade Nutrition. Uh, I think it just ended up being more difficult and more time consuming than what it's actually worth to these guys. Everyone has this assumption that, you know, if you jump into the supplement industry, it's going to be a get rich quick type of thing. And that's that's not the case, especially if you have things like proteins in your lineup. The margins on proteins these days are just stupid. You can think I mean, you can thank Aaron Singerman and PJ Braun for that one. <laughs> I whole I mean it's not negative, it's, I wholeheartedly blame them for that idea. Because they made a supplement company and three months later they're posting pictures of fucking Lambos and all this other like our sales rep got a Lambo and, and like, what dude, what supplement sales rep has a Lambo? Like that doesn't even make sense or a Ferrari, yeah. whatever the fuck that car was, you know, a, a quarter million dollar car probably. And, uh, all the stuff they used to do, like buying house after house and just being like flaunting their wealth, which that's fine if that's what you want to do. But I feel like that's really made people think this is how you get rich. You start a supplement company, you know? And, uh, it's not really true. Like they, well, they may have been deceiving us all. We don't really know. But uh, even if even if they were not, it, it's they they are they are the rarity. They are the exception, you know, and they're not the norm. So you aren't Aaron Singerman out there. Whoever's thinking oh, I'm going to start, I'm going to start fucking Bison Nutrition, or I'm going to start Hulkman Nutrition. It's going to be great, and I'm going to be rich and have 
get laid. It's like, no, if, if you're not Aaron Singer, man. You're not, and you don't have PJ Braun as your Robin. You're not, you're not them. So it, it's probably not going to happen, but. And you yeah, know what? I don't, it's... Think, I don't, I don't know if it's, you asked if it's a good idea from the start companies in a way when you get, have guys like Labrada and um, Gaspari, it's hard to say it's a bad idea. I don't think the idea in and of itself is bad. I think the business model is bad. And you kind of touched on this with their thinking their name means a lot. What I mean by that is if you are going to make a supplement company like Phil Heath did and just put out atrociously bad products and think that because your name's on it, you're going to like, like, dude, Sylvester Stallone failed at a supplement company. Sylvester Stallone, dude, uh, Kim Kardashian. These are people that failed at making supplement companies. Mark Wahlberg has a line with GNC. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't think that because you're Phil, he that's that that may have that probably would have worked years ago, which is probably why guys like Gaspari and Labrada, not that they make ship. I know for a fact that some Labrada products are great, and I don't. And well, I don't know about so much about Gaspari. I've used some of them, but whatever. Like they kind of innovated the pre-workout. So <clears throat> that that's another thing. Uh, um, about this whole this whole discussion, this whole point, you ha- th- those guys did it when I think supplement users were a little more naive. So the hype and shit meant more than the actual quality. When you got guys like John Meadows talking ingredient science and. Dave Palumbo and all these guys on radio shows. Uh, you had a PED when that was uh, s- still around, and uh, I mean, it probably still is around. But I don't. I mean, there's no Taylor, so I don't. I don't think there's any reason to listen. But uh, I, I think it's just now there's too much. There's there's too much information for you to like blindside people with bullshit products like and sell them on your name that doesn't work anymore and i think that's what all those guys tried to do that i think and it's kind of working for jay he makes shit products that sell good kind of because but it's not because of his name as much because he has bpi backing him the marketing guys at bpi are geniuses they make they sell you dust and you and people eat it up you know their products are terrible from a science standpoint they're worthless they're they suck but they have sick marketing, obviously, so they're able to sell their stuff. So you can't really say that Jay's name is selling his products because they were that company was already selling products. But he did try to make Alpha Helix, and that shit failed, or, or something went wrong. So I think if you're gonna start a new company, you either have to do you either have to make great products and hope the smart people support you, um, which is kind of what Labrada did, or you have to be innovative and create something new so it's not just your name. Like, Super Pump 250 was a huge hit. If you made Super Pump 250 right now, you and I made it, Jeff and Matt fucking supplements, nobody will buy that shit. Same exact product, same exact ingredients. You know why? Because there's 15 billion pre-workouts out there now. People will get some one-time buyers and they'll never buy it again. But back then, that that was innovative. So it got him a ton of money. He made Haladrol, which was a, a pro hormone that actually worked. So I think 
to answer your question, is it a good idea for them to start supplement companies? I'll say generally no, but yes, if you can be either innovative to the point that it's lucrative or you're just going to make awesome fucking products and you're going to combine your name with great products to slowly make uh, profits instead of trying to just dump shit on people for 60 bucks like Phil Heath did fucking low dose amino acid blend and some caffeine and call it a gifted pre-workout. It's like, dude, treating everyone like they're stupid, you know, which, um, is kind of what he was trying to do. And I'm sure that's what Dexter was trying to do as well. Uh, well, you touched on something, you know, that I think is important and that's innovation. I mean, a lot of these companies are coming out with, I shouldn't say some of these companies I'm, I'm talking specifically about new up and coming companies. They're just, you know, reinventing the wheel. I mean, how many different ways can you make a protein powder? How many different ways can you make a BCAA powder? How many ways can you make a multivitamin? Obviously, you can add different stuff to each formula, you know, but I don't necessarily call that innovation, you know. Well, congratulations. So you put some digestive enzymes in, in your protein. Okay, cool. But, you know, for the most part, everything is the same these days. You know, you you can look at the the profiles and the ingredients and everything on on the back panel of of uh, the labels, and you know for the most part they're all the same. Everyone's using the same ingredients. Some people are you know obviously uh, dosing things a little bit differently, but I mean for the most part everyone is the same. And it's the the person who comes to market first with something innovative who generally takes over you know that category. You know, look at and, and I'm going way back. Look at VPX with Redline. They were the first, you know, RTD energy drink to come out. And everyone tried to copycat that and nobody could really come close to Redline or, or steal right. their market share. Same with Labrata's um Oh geez, now I'm gonna forget the name of it. What's their RTD? Uh Lean Body. Lean Body. That that's yeah. uh I mean I'm going to assume they're not lying on the label because they've been around so long. Fucking great. It's got, what, six carbs, three of which are fiber, maybe one sugar. Tastes good. Uh, It's got some, I think, what's the oil in there? Safflower. Some, like, decent. Not great oil, but decent, like, acceptable. It's not olive oil or mac nut or something great, but it's decent. Uh, And then, you know, a pretty high-quality protein, assuming you're not – I don't have a lactose problem – in the world of RTDs, Lean Body is it's it's tied for first with a couple other ones that I've seen. So that was a good product and it was innovative. So it's it, and that's what kind of what you're talking about. You got to make a uh, a product that those were innovative for their time, and that's why those guys were successful. I think some of these bodybuilders look back and think that Labrada or or Gaspari was successful because of their name. And that's not tr- uh, that's not entirely true. They were they were successful partly because of their name, but also because of things with the, that they that they did with their products. They did they were either innovative or they were they just made a badass product. You know, and and the marketing overall has changed over the years. I mean, obviously, as the consumer, you know, you guys have have gotten smarter and and done your homework on things. Uh, it's it's a lot more difficult to to market to you know people like you because 
you're not naive. You, you know what they're saying is false. You're not having, you know, the the old muscle tech claims of gain a thousand percent on your first dose. I mean, just going back to, you know, I guess I can call it my roots. Um, you know, metrics back in the day, you know, they're a huge company. I mean, they're owned by NBTY, but metrics was never innovative. Basically, they would take your product, duplicate it, and market the shit out of it better than any other company could. And that's how they made their money. And that's how they chose to spend their money. Um, it was never on innovation. And to this day, they don't care about innovation. There's nothing that's truly exciting about the metrics line. But they were always good at marketing. But now that things have changed and people can't put stuff on you know, market material or, or ads in, in magazines, um, you know, it's making it a lot more difficult to get the products out there and, and move them off shelf because you can't make the outlandish claims. And if you do, you're going to get sued, whether it's from a consumer or another supplement company. Regardless, <laughs> you're going to get sued. Um, and there are companies that, that just take advantage of that. They're like, I know I'm going to get sued, but if I make $10 million off the product – and I only have to give out $3 million worth in a lawsuit, cool. I, you know, I just made $7 million. Yeah. And they go they go do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, times have changed. And, and this industry is a lot different than it was back in the 90s. So, you know, and, and the consumer has changed a lot too. Back in the day, you know, you could say anything and, and consumers would believe you. Uh, these days, not so much. I'll never forget uh, Nitro Tech. In my GNC, the bottle said, gain, what was it? It was in 14 days. It was like gain 9.7 pounds of muscle in 14 days or something. Something like that, yeah. And I remember looking at that and thinking, if I'm one, it's like, what? So You can't do that on steroids. 14 days? If I was – so let's say I'm 195 and I'm lean. You're telling me I could go from 195 lean to essentially 205 lean in 14 days? It's like that's not even physiologically possible. You would be – and it said of solid muscle. I had to put that in there. It didn't just say the weight. It, 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 obviously, people are probably saying, well, you could do it. Of course, I could, I could gain – 9.9 pounds in three hours, but it's, it's said of, of solid muscle or lean mass or something like that. I was like, that would not even, your skin would literally rip. You wouldn't get, you wouldn't get stretch marks. You'd start bleeding out the arms and shit because your skin would rip open 10 pounds of muscle in two weeks. Like crazy. Like Kevin Lavroni can't do that shit. Back no, in the I, day, I was extremely, um, yeah, I mean, literally, like I lived on the bodybuilding.com forums and I was extremely vocal. And there were a few companies who I literally blasted them because of some of these outlandish claims. Um, and Muscle Tech was one of those companies. And and literally, uh, it's when I was uh, a forum rep for Metrax. And Muscle Tech actually sent a letter to, to Metrax saying that I need to shut up or they'll sue me. And Metrax, uh, you know, for the things that I'm saying. And I, I, I'll i never forget, I got the phone call. Um, I won't say the guy's name who it was from Metrax. 
But he was like, hey, uh, you know, I know what you're saying is correct. And I know you're not telling a lie. But we just can't, you know, take a chance that they're going to sue us. So obviously, you know, I was still in college at that point. So I was, you know, apologetic. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't think I was saying anything wrong. It's 100 percent truthful. You know, there's no way that that this is possible. It's it's not the way the human body works. Um, and I'll never forget that, that <laughs> Muscle Tech was one of those companies that uh, threatened to sue me. And uh, I, I'll never support them. It doesn't it doesn't matter what product they come out with. They could literally come out with a product that uh, can can legit make you you know, give you 10 pounds of solid muscle in, in 10 days and have it be legit. And I still wouldn't buy it, <laughs> but it really, that that's a really, uh, prime, uh, no, no pun intended, uh, example of the change in the consumer of supplement, the uh, supplement consumers, you know, like muscle tech was massive, massive muscle tech was like everything. It was a whole, they had, they literally had every single pro bodybuilder that was worth anything under their, you know, they had like Johnny, Branch, Dexter, Jay, Dexter, every, they had everybody, Gustavo, everybody. Yep. They had anybody who was everybody and they were paying all these guys hundreds of thousands. Of they were so big and it was all based on bullshit. It was all based on insane claims and flashy, flashy packaging. That would not work now. It just would not work. It doesn't work. It's not, it's not, it would not work. It's that it actually does not work. We've seen it, like, they died. They're a joke now. Like, this, what we're talking about comes up often in the industry, how it's like the old muscle tech. It's like a joke now that people were so stupid to buy those products, you know? And uh, it's almost like, a person in the medical field talking about lobotomies and how fucking stupid that was to think that was going to help somebody back in the day, but we thought it might help back in the day or whatever, you know, that's how muscle tech is spoke about in the industry. It's like a, a joke. Like how did anyone buy into that crap? But it, it worked. That doesn't work anymore. There's, you can still trick people a little bit, but you're not going to make billions of dollars off tricking everyone and, and treating everyone like they're stupid. So, and I think that, when you're just using your name as a pro to make a to make a company, that's essentially what you're doing. You're just trying to trick everyone into thinking, oh, well, he's Mr. Olympia, so his supplements must be great. People don't fucking think that anymore. You're not going to – that's not going to – and it hasn't, it hasn't been that way for very long. I think the whole muscle tech bullshit was effective even 10 years ago. It wasn't – maybe um, – Maybe six or eight years ago, it was still going strong, you know, but nowadays in the last, I would say even it was, it's mostly been in the last five, five to seven years that people have, um, for whatever reason have, uh, smartened up and that, that's, that stuff's not going to work out anymore. No, and I, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, don't get initial trial on their products just because people are, are curious, you know, does it work? Does it taste good? You know, you know, whatever they're. Uh, reason is for trying the product and you know do they go back and and buy it again uh, that's that's the <laughs> the the i guess the big test and and th- i get the telltale sign of if it's a good product or not and unfortunately you know a lot of the consumers who are buying you know 
the the blade nutrition products from from Dexter and you know the gifted nutrition from Phil. They they would buy it initially, try it, and go back to what they were used to, or go try something new. Uh, you know the the lifespan of a new supplement company is not long these days, unless you have some great marketing behind the products, and and can you know create a buzz and some hype and make it interesting and really, I mean it's. The smart thing that people are doing is getting brand ambassadors involved and and pushing their products and having some cool labels and, you know, cool website, cool social media, YouTube channel, you know, putting out a whole bunch of informative stuff. It's it's a lot harder today than it was back in the day when all you had to do is spend a little bit of money, which it was back then, on some, you know, magazine ads and, and you were golden. You throw Phil Heath or Dexter up in an ad for the supplement company, you know whether it was Muscle Tech or or whoever a uh, competitor was with. Yeah, that that sold it back then, and, and that was the thing to do, and that's why Muscle Tech was spending millions of dollars on on their athletes. I mean, like I said, they were paying Phil alone five hundred thousand dollars, and then you know at that time they still had uh, um, Jay Cutler, and then eventually Jay, you know, kind of you know got out of it. And, you know, they had Dexter and Branch and, and everybody else. So, I mean, they they were spending well over a million dollars for their athletes. Well over. Well over. Because they had, you talk about Branch, they had 15 guys at Branch's level. You know, they were probably spending, t- like, I mean, I bet they were spending, Dude, I don't even know. It's hard. Ten million, I bet, on their athletes at least a year. They had that many athletes. They had everybody. Everybody was on Muscle Tech. It was insane. Even Lee Priest was on Muscle Tech for a while. Fucking was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't remember ben, that. Ben White was on Muscle Tech. Mike Libatori was on Muscle Tech. Uh, Fuad Abiyad was on Muscle Tech. I mean, King Kamali was on Muscle. Everyone was on Muscle Tech. Like every single person ever. It's crazy. If you really go back and look at all the muscle tech athletes, it's really insane. Yeah, there was um, a lot. But uh but yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. We're over an hour now already and uh it's eleven o'clock because we took so long to record. But <laughs> uh Thank you, Skype. Yeah, I'm glad that we got through it and uh we're able to actually record the show. Uh obviously this show is supported by IronMagLabs.com and IronMagResearch.com. You can go to IronMagResearch and use coupon code JEFF15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5 for 15% off at checkout. The same at IronMagLabs.com, same coupon code, JEFF15. Uh, all our articles are up over there at IronMagazine.com along with this show, International Iron with myself and Lee Priest. We haven't had a show up in a while, but this show is still going. Uh, Lee is preparing to... To leave for Brazil, and he just got a lot of shit going on, so it's been tough to to nail him down for uh, to get him on the show. But uh, that will be back. I got a new article over there about subjectivity and the uh, subjectivity excuse in bodybuilding. I kind of wrote it down in an article. I, I've talked about it on here several times, of course, but I wrote an article about it too. <clears throat> That's over there at IronMagazine.com. All of Matt's work is over there at IronMagazine.com. You can also catch Matt's articles at digitalmuscle.com and uh, yeah follow us on Instagram oh you don't have Instagram you can follow me on Instagram it's jeffroberts02 I think just search Jeff Roberts, you'll find me and uh, you know 
hit me up on Facebook or Instagram if you think I suck like some people or if you think the show is great you know let me know I get um I get maybe I get a few messages a week about the show I would say and um everyone fucking brightens my day I love getting the the good feedback and even the critical feedback is very very helpful in most cases you know <clears throat> I've had critical feedback maybe 10 times and nine times, eight or nine times. It's been very helpful. So there's only a couple that were like just basically a child, uh, crying, you know? Uh, but besides that, they've all been very helpful. So hit us up, let us know. And I answer everybody. It might take a little bit of time, uh, but I do answer everybody. I'm not really a Facebook whore. And plus if I have several, it takes a little while, but, um, that's all I got, Matt. Yeah, definitely hit us up. I mean, over on Twitter, I'm at Wike Fitness. Uh, Facebook, I have my business page, which is Wike Fitness, and then I have my personal page, Matt Wike Fitness. So feel free to stop by and like or you know send a friend request, follow whatever, and uh, let us know what you think about the show. Obviously, you know we had a few. Uh, I shouldn't say a few. We had one person who thought that we were overly negative on on one of the shows, but. I think uh, for the most part, we're we're honest with what we say. We're not always going to be, um, you know, positive on on certain topics. Uh, so you know, it's just us being real. But overall, I think we have you know a good show, a lot of great content. Obviously, over on IronMagazine.com, episode sixty four is in the books. It's uh, <laughs> getting late out here on the East Coast, but yep. but uh, hey, we do it for you guys. And so you know, definitely hit us up, give us your feedback. You know, good, bad, or indifferent, and uh, you know we'll take it to heart. And if it's something that that can help our show, we're uh, we're more more than willing to give it a shot. All right, with that, this is the end of episode number sixty-four of Central Bodybuilding. Uh, about three hours in the making. Nope, <laughs> closer to four hours in the making at this point. I am Jeff Roberts, aka the Hydraulic Man, aka. Matt's co-host and we are out.